0: Good morning. morning. So for those of you who don't know me and whom I don't know, my name is Chester Hines Jr. I'm your new deacon to some and I'm your return deacon to others, though. When I left, I was not ordained, but upon my Coming back to Holy Communion, I've been ordained, and now I'm the deacon assigned by the bishop here at Holy Communion, and I'm delighted to be here. I'm happy to see so many familiar faces, and uh, I can tell by looking at you that you are doing well, and for those who have trials and tribulations, please know that you are in my continuous prayers I uh, offer a special thanks and recognition to just a few people that I have to point out this morning. Uh, Mike and Mark, thank you for receiving me and having me and letting me be a part of uh, the Holy Communion ordained family. Mark Sluss from the Bishop's Office, thank you for being here with us and helping me to get settled in. And Brook Myers, I can't begin to express my thanks and appreciation for your guidance, direction, support, and uplift uh, for my multiple mini-conversations getting me from where I started to where I am this morning. Thank you so much. So have you ever been on a journey or a trip? a trip that was a pleasurable adventure. Everything went well, no major issues or concerns. Then it came time to go home. Now in one sense, you were rather sad that the trip was coming to an end, but on the other hand, you were glad, excited, and in great anticipation that you were going home. That is the way that I have been feeling in anticipation of being with you this morning. When I think about going home after a time away, I think about being wrapped in the bosom of love and friendship and family. A place where you know there's a seat at the table for you a place where you know you have a place to sleep, even if it's only a pallet on the floor, a place of safety and comfort that allows me to express my, it gives me my freedom of expression without negative judgment or anger or hostility. I think about the sharing of good food and the great exchange of ideas and the nourishment and growth that comes from the differences of opinion. I rejoice at reminiscing at the funny things that happen in a family, the stories that we tell over and over because they bring back fond memories. When I think about going home after being away for a while I get excited about learning what has happened in my absence. Whether good or bad, I want and I need to know so that I can again feel that connection that is a part of experiencing the joys and sadness and challenges that make one a member of a family. I'm looking forward to re-establishing my relationships with all of those who know me and developing a relationship with those of you where we are new to each other. I'm reminded of a story from when my sons were very young. Elizabeth, please raise your hand, who is my wife. Thank you. For those of you who may not be aware. We had taken our boys to their grandmother where they spent the night while we went out to celebrate something or another. The following day in the early afternoon, we picked up our sons and returned home. As one boy entered his bedroom, he looked around the room as if inspecting to see if everything was in order. And he turned toward his bed and said, Ah, my own little bed. (laughs) He had arrived at home again. Where he felt safe and secure and easy and relaxed. All of the feelings that I am experiencing right now. I thank you all for giving me that grace and for welcoming me home to Holy Communion. Now I'm going to spend some time with our gospel lesson and the related scripture for this morning and talk a little bit about hope during this Advent season. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written by the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out, in the wilderness. And so John came baptizing, baptizing in the desert region. And preaching a baptism of repentance. For the forgiveness of sins. By today's standards. John was just a plain man. He wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt tied around his waist. And he ate locusts and wild honey. Now these were not the clothes and food of the patriarchs. But more of the working class or the people that provided the daily manual labor. In other words, in today's vernacular, John the Baptist was just a man of the people and with the people. However, John had a message and the people were drawn to him. In Isaiah, the words are very poetic. A voice cries out, In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. Even the ground, the uneven ground. Is that me? Is that me? Turn this off or on? On. Off. It's off. Is that on? Is that on? Is that off? Are we good? A voice cries out. prepare the way of the Lord make straight in the desert a highway for our God every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill made low the uneven ground (coughs) shall become level and all the rough places plain the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. However, John's words were more straightforward and clear. After me will come, more, will come one more powerful than I. The thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Everything that John was saying indicated something special and good was going to happen. He didn't know exactly when that special something would occur but he knew it was coming and he had great faith in what he was saying. He didn't waver in his message and could not be shaken by those who would question his proclamations. I believe John was speaking about the good news Of what the future would bring with the awareness of the people of the presence of Jesus Christ in their community. Without saying it in these words, John was speaking of the good news of comfort, encouragement, and hope that comes to us when we maintain a continuous relationship with Jesus Christ. It should not go without notice that the lighting of the second purple candle on this second Sunday in Advent represents the hope of Christ. The hope of Christ coming into the world. In our world right now and especially during this coming holiday season I have a continuous prayer of hope for a better tomorrow. As we look around our communities, we can see a continuous need for us to keep our hope. As our daily news reports indicates, crime of all kind is a daily occurrence all around us. I woke up this morning, turned on the television. Two people have been shot because they happen to be standing on a parking lot out in an apartment complex in Hazelwood. It doesn't seem like crime has any parameters. It's any place, any time, all the time. We live in a country of great financial resources, and yet many go daily without the necessities of nutritious food, of a safe shelter, and the necessary clothing. Many are concerned and facing a new health care crisis as Congress has not acted to renew the Children's Health Care Insurance Program, commonly known as CHIP, some nine million children potentially are being placed at risk for lack of health care. Women and children are at risk for sexual harassment and predation. And it appears that the bottom of this iceberg may be huge. The redistribution of wealth, the redistribution of the wealth of our nation appears to be moving toward the more wealthy and away from those who are working to just make a wage and live a decent standard of living war continues to rage throughout the world and we are reminded nearly every morning from the news that our own safety is becoming more fragile as the threat of nuclear attack and nuclear attack and nuclear war escalates. In an effort to live well, we are altering the environment, causing climate change. The governor of California was on the television this morning saying the fires in California due to climate change are only going to get worse. We need to be about the business of hoping that those who are in a position of responsibility, decision making, and policy setting will do the things that are necessary to alter the way that we consume in our environment. This list of challenges is significant and on some days it seems that our only recourse is our hope and our faith and our relationship with Jesus Christ. That by the grace of God we all will have an improved living environment. All around us there is a need for hope, for when all else fails, hope is all we have to cling to while seeking a better tomorrow. Many may recall the Reverend Jesse Jackson in the 1980s during his presidential presidential effort, his candidacy, directing all of us to keep hope alive. And more recently, during his candidacy for the presidency, President Obama shared with the nation, hope is not blind optimism. It is not ignoring the enormity of the task ahead or the roadblocks that may stand in our path. It is not sitting on the sidelines or shirking from a fight. Hope is that thing inside. It's inside of us and it insists, despite all evidence to the contrary, that something better awaits us if we have the courage to reach for it. And he didn't say that, but we have to reach for Jesus Christ. There is your call. Reach for Jesus Christ. Have your relationship in the Lord through Jesus Christ. Hope is the belief that destiny will not be written for us, but by us by men and women who are not content to settle for the world as it is, but who have the courage to remake the world as it should be. Therein is the message of John the Baptist, spoken in today's environment. Believe in the good news of Jesus Christ, and you are the one who has been given and continue to be given the courage to carry out his message. That desire for hope is supported by and given to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, we are back to John the Baptist. Standing in the River Jordan, in the Jordan River, inviting people to come and receive the good news of Jesus Christ by confessing their sins, being baptized, and committing to living a new life filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a challenge, ladies and gentlemen. That's a challenge. In the days of John the Baptist, the people were seeking and needed a savior. I am seeking and need a savior this morning. I hope that you are saying to yourself, you are seeking and need a savior this morning. Someone that will lead the way. Someone to demonstrate how wonderful life can be when the sins of the world are laid aside and one lives a righteous and godly life. John came to give the lessons necessary to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. First, he had through his own personal experience learned that the road to a godly relationship was not easy. You know John had multiple trials and tribulations. He didn't have it easy. Second, we have to, as John did, live our lives in a way by our thoughts, words, and actions so that we can introduce others to Jesus Christ. We cannot be a, don't do as I do, but do as I say do. We cannot be that community. We must be congruent within ourselves and with all of those we touch. Thirdly, we must stand firmly in our faith, no matter what the circumstances. We stand firm in our faith, not by our own power, but by the power and the strength of God. We must have a confident hope in Christ that cannot be shaken. We demonstrate our firm stand in the Lord when we take a a stand against attacks and the plans and schemes of the devil, and by not allowing him to take a hold of us. When we stand firm in our faith in Christ, we are putting our trust in God. Our faith calls us to stand firm in Christ through whatever we face in our Christian life via trials, temptations, frustrations, questions, disappointments, persecution, discouragement, weariness, you know what I'm talking about. Every day I experience one or more of those sets of circumstances and it is by my relationship with Jesus Christ that I know that my hope for a better tomorrow is a realistic and viable alternative to the set of circumstances that I may currently find myself in today. Ladies and gentlemen, during this Advent season, Listen to what the Lord is saying, for he is speaking peace to his faithful people and to those who turn to him. You see, Christ comes to us as a gift, not as a challenge. Christ comes as an uplifting, joyful spirit with associations of good and kindness and benevolence. And all of these gifts from Christ are given to us freely if we are willing to accept them. We must be faithful in our relationship with God through Jesus Christ, living a life that is acceptable, In the sight of God. We have the opportunity to stop and remember that. We are not in charge. But that God. Is in charge. And has sent us Jesus Christ. To show us. To teach us. And to help us to understand. That whatever it is, however it is, wherever it is, we should not worry. For as long as we are faithful to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he will never leave us or forsake us, regardless of how much we might try to Or want to abandon his words and his teachings. Amen.